Hello and welcome to today's podcast on access and forward-looking charges from Charging Futures. My name's Joseph Henry and I work for National Grid ESO and work very closely on the uh, the Charging Futures forums and uh, subsequent podcasts. So uh, just to give a brief explanation of uh, what Charging Futures is and what National Grid ESO's role is to play in this. Um, Charging Futures enables the industry to learn, engage and contribute on all things to do with electricity network um, charges and subsequent reforms. And National Grid ESO play a role in this by facilitating the, the Charging Futures forums, which you may have heard of, and podcasts such as these, so we can keep everyone up to date and give people a chance to, as I said, learn, contribute and engage on, on these key issues. Last week, we held a Charging Futures forum, which dealt with the uh, targeted charge, charging review, significant code review, and also the second balance and services charges task force. Uh, to which we've since had uh, an update from Ofgem on, on as well. So if you were to visit www.chargingfutures.com, you'll be able to stream back all of the events from last week um, and also as well see see the updates from Ofgem on their thinking on the second uh, Balancing Services Charges Task Force. But today we're concentrating on access and forward-looking charges. So some of you will be aware that the access and forward-looking charges significant code review was... Uh, um, initiated by Ofgem in December 2018 and there's since been quite a lot of subsequent work going into this, a uh, very important work stream around uh, around access and forward-looking charges. So just to introduce the um, Ofgem panellists we have today, uh, we've got Andrew South who's the Direct Director um, of Electricity Network Charging and Access and we've got John Parker, uh, the Head of Electricity Network Access at Ofgem, so hello to both. So today's uh, podcast is going to uh, take place in a on a Q and A basis. So um, I'm going to ask Andrew and John some questions, which um, hopefully will give you the the chance to to learn a little bit more of what's been going on with access and forward looking charges, and also exactly where we are in the process. So I suppose the best place to start really would be to to ask you, John, um, if you'd be able to give us a quick background to the access and forward looking charges SER, and advise us what Ofgem is trying to achieve and what's happened since the last Charging Futures Forum. Sure. So, um, hi, everyone. Um, we launched yes, the um, SCR, uh, given the energy system transformation. So we're all aware that um, the system's going through a fundamental transformation of decarbonisation, decentralisation and digitisation. And that means that um, it's going to create a lot of pressure on our electricity networks as we have to connect new low carbon loads. Um, at the same time, it's creating lots of opportunities because we can manage the network in a smarter way through smart technologies. You know, extra um, data about the networks. So we, what we want to look at with this SCR is how we make sure that, that we are making um, the best use of the existing net energy electricity networks. Uh, how can we, in doing so, how can we make it easier for new low carbon technologies to connect? And how can we use the signals to, to change how they're using the network so that we can you know, bring forward more technologies without having to reinforce uh, as much as we might do otherwise, um, and so we're looking at you know, we're looking at um, the forward-looking charges aspects of of the sort of ongoing distribution and transmission network charges, and we're looking at connection charging uh, at distribution level as as means to changes to those as means to unlock those things. Um, in terms of what we've been doing since the last since the last charging features forum, um, 
we've been um, we've been looking at refining the options we're looking at. We're seeking additional evidence to support the case for change in certain areas, uh, and we've also been doing lots of work with our consultants to uh, look at the impact to be able to calculate tariffs uh, under different options and forecast them in the future, and then do some impact assessment modelling around those. So. Uh, based on evidence as to what behavioural change you might see to, to understand how might that impact on future uh, wholesale market costs, uh, network savings and wider uh, carbon savings as well. Uh, and, and we continue to also engage with industry to listen to your views and to, to get, gather further evidence as to the impact of different options. Uh, uh, we were due to publish our minus two proposals consultation this month, uh, but we've decided to delay, delay them a bit and we'll, we'll say a little bit more about that. Yeah, that's brilliant. I know that we will be able to get Andrew to uh, answer a question on, on that delay specifically um, as we go on. But I think it would be useful if we could uh, maybe get a bit more of a view on um, on the net zero target, uh, which we're, we're all working together to get towards as an industry. So would you be able to give a little bit more on how you see um, the access from forward looking charges SCR contributing to this achievement of net zero? Because it's, it's something that's certainly at the forefront of the energy industry and the goals we're trying to go for at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in achieving net zero at least cost is, is one of Ofgem's top strategic priorities and it's a really key driver of why we're doing this, this review. Um, I think, you know, as I've said, you know, we, we are going to see achieving it so it's going to put, create a lot of uh, pressures on the network. So we will, uh, electrification of heating, that's what needed, will we'll create a lot of pressure on both transmission distribution networks, but also the growth in renewables generation will mean that there's pressures on the transmission network, uh, transporting network uh, from, from sort of where there's lots of wind, for example, down to where all the demand is. And also there'll be some aspects of the distribution network that so actually we, will become uh, generation dominated and where it's, it will no, no longer be the traditional flow down from, from the top of transmission network down to, down to demand, but we will see them exporting up distribution networks. And so we think that that means that we need to think about improving how, how uh, accurate our charges are uh, to reflect that. Um, I think the emphasis really is on achieving this at least cost. So at Ofgen, we definitely want to support net zero, but we think our role is a lot about making sure it's done in, in the least cost way. Uh, and, and the way that we think that, um, that, the, that the access reforms could help that is, is in two main ways. The first is in unlocking barriers. So um, this is a key reason why we're looking at the connection charging boundaries. We think that actually the current arrangements at distribution level um, can, can see uh, connecting users paying quite a high connection charge if they if they're deemed to enforcement that we think maybe it's deterring investment and maybe generation to to things like EV charging stations and the like. So we're looking at reviewing that to see whether that can be uh, reduced in a way that doesn't that can support uh, more efficient outcomes. Uh, and it's also that's also why we're looking at things like improved choices of access rights. So if we can enable people to uh, choose to be more flexible in how they're using their work, but actually have, have better certainty about what that means for them and how much they might be curtailed, then we think that that can also help um, reduce barriers around long connection timings or, or expensive connections. Um, the other way that we think reforms can support decarbonisation at least courses through, through better signals, so uh, through the ongoing use of system charges. Um, 
we recognise this is the more contentious area of the reforms, um, because actually this, this will mean that in some areas renewables could, could be paying more. Um, the key here is what is, is about trying to achieve net zero at least cost. We think actually if you can get these better signals that locating in certain areas of a network is more, going to be more expe expensive from a network perspective, then we can make sure that the generation mix that comes forward is, is low carbon, but it's cheaper than it would be from a whole, you know, otherwise from a whole system perspective. Um, and so that's, that's, that's what we think is going to happen, but we are making sure we test that through our modeling to check that that, that does look like it's, it should happen. Brilliant. Thank you, John. So a key part of any SCR is the minded two decision that sort of gives a direction of travel um, of how the rest of the significant code review will flow on. Um, and as mentioned previously, there has been a, a slight delay um, for the access and forward looking charges SCR minded two decision. Um, Andrew, would you be able to advise why Ofgem have uh, decided to delay this publication until next year? Yeah, of course. So yeah. um, the, the main reason we've decided to, um, to slightly push back the publication of our minor two decision is as, a, as an organization, um, we think that getting the right framework for flexibility is a very significant um, strategic priority for us. Uh, this means looking just beyond the mechanisms that support flexibility for network management, but really thinking about the, the wider market arrangements. Um, given we know that flexibility also has value for the system in terms of reducing generation costs and wider system um, operability. Um, so we're in the process of assessing um, the different ways that you can apply um, uh, flexibility or approaches to unlocking um, the highest potential value sources of flexibility. Um, and while that assessment's ongoing, um, we're doing, and we're going through a bit of a process of reviewing the access reforms to make sure that the proposals that we put forward through the significant code review really do align um, with that wider um, approach to um, what we're calling full chain flexibility. Um, the other driver is that um, there are some wider uh, issues going on um, with transmission charging. Um, and we just want to make sure we consider those um, in the necessary detail as we're going through um, and putting forward our minded two proposals forward. Um, so I think um, uh, we'll come on to talk about transmission, I think, in a bit more detail later on. But we've only included a, a small um, targeted review of, of transmission charges within the significant code review. Um, and I think we just need to make sure we fully understood um, some of those interactions between um, our proposals and, and some of the other things that are going on in the system. Um, I think I'll probably leave it there um, in terms of, of sort of why. I think the key thing is um, uh, we still have um, good commitment um, uh, to push this work forwards um, and we will be setting out um, a timeline um, and uh, the sort of the really sort of granular next steps on, on this work um, as we go through our forward work program um, setting. Jess. Excellent. Thank you, Andrew. Um, so overall, what does this mean for the implementation and other pieces of work like the, the next price control period of Rio 2? 
Um, so I think the the important thing I would say is that um, just because we're delaying publication of the Minded Two doesn't mean um, that we are we, we're still not looking at um, potentially um, ambitious um, implementation um, timelines. I think we know that there's a number of challenges in this space, um, and we are making sure that we do factor in um, the feedback that we've had through the challenge group process and through the charging futures arrangements and, and lots of bilateral meetings on this. And I think we we understand the, the pressure around um, implementation timelines. I think there's there's a few sort of very specific um, links that we've been trying to work through in terms of um, what it means to, to not publish a minus two decision in November. I think one of the key ones is, as you say, that that link to, to Rio 2 and the, and the business plans. Um, I won't... Um, uh, I won't give too much of a spoiler, um, as we'll be setting out in our um, uh, in in our Rio two publications later this week. The expectations that we have for um, DNO um, business plans, um, but given we aren't in a position to publish a, a minded two decision at this stage, I think a, a sensible planning assumption will be um, one that uses uh, the current um, the current arrangements. And we'll obviously be um, speaking to the DNOs about what this means for their um, Rio business plans and, and what additional information um, we, we might be able to give as we go through the, the, the planning process going forwards. Um, I think there is another really key link um, with the uh, forthcoming CFD round, um, but I think we might, uh, we might talk about that later on once we've uh, spoken about transmission um, in a little bit more detail. Yeah, so bringing us on nicely to transmission, um, I think a key piece of information people would like to hear are, uh, here is uh, what are the wider transmission charging issues that may need to be considered and what are the interactions with the SCR? I mean, it's a great question. It's one I'm one I hear a few times. Uh, I've heard a few times in in recent weeks. I think when we launched the access um, significant code review, um, we've, we we really focused on a, on a on a targeted review of transmission charges. Um, in particular, we have taken on a very very significant um, amount of work, um, and we obviously have to prioritise where um, we in when we in industry um, put our time in terms of um, reforming some of these areas. And the two key things that were sort of raised through the consultation processes that um, John and yourself have, have spoken about earlier on um, in this in this session really raised two key problems. Um, it was the fact that in some areas of the country, um, small generators and large generators were facing really, really um, different sets of charges, um, which could mean um, we get uh, inefficient um, build out of different types of generators. Um, over the next few years. Um, and the other thing that came up across was um, the way that uh, the transmission charges were being um, applied to demand users. Um, and through the SCR process, through a lot of work with industry, we've been developing proposals for dealing with those two specific issues. But what we haven't been reviewing is the model that underpins the, 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 the pounds figures that, that fall out um, of those modeling processes. Um, and a number of issues uh, with how this model um, uh, works have, have come up um, through recent challenges. I think we've seen as the, as, 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 as you guys at the ESO have been pulling together that sort of standard update of key inputs into the model ahead of the, um, 
uh, ahead of the start of the Rio 2 transmission price control, um, we've seen some, some slightly unexpected um, uh, outcomes. So one of, the, one of the examples of this was the um, expansion constant modification that was raised to, um, uh, to, to prevent the sort of the rolling over of the current methodology of um, expansion constant calculations into next year. Um, and for those of you that aren't sort of versed in the real, um, the real detail of network charging, um, that, that is effectively the number that sets the scale of charge differentials within the transport model. And um, based on the existing, um, the existing formula within the, within the codes, it would have led to a very, very significant change um, in charges from 2021. And I think what we want to do is use this opportunity to, to make sure that the thinking that we're putting forward um, through our access and charging, um, our uh, access and forwarding charging SCR factors in some of those wider considerations and, and wider challenges that have been emerging um, through uh, the, the, the rolling over of charging into the next price control period. Okay, so we touched briefly on the um, next contracts for difference round, um, and I think it'd be interesting uh, to find out what does the SCR actually mean for renewable developers looking to bid into this process uh, late next year. Yeah, so as, as you as you alluded to that, as you alluded to there, there isn't um, necessarily a. a date for the next um, the next CFD round. However, government have put out quite a few um, clarificatory um, uh, documents and, and, and sort of calls for input over the last, um, last few weeks or so. So we do know that there is going to be a CFD round towards the end of end of next year. Um, and we're obviously talking um, to Bayes about interactions um, with our charging reforms and that forthcoming CFD round. Um, I think the key thing for now is we have not put on hold um, and we have not paused our access um, our access work. We are going through a process of, of undertaking a review to ensure that um, the proposals that we're putting forward really do align with our strategic priorities and, and where we want to get to in terms of enabling flexibility in the energy system um, and also delivering um, decarbonisation at least cost to consumers. And that work will continue. Um, and when we're in a position to do so, we'll make sure we set out a clear um, timeline to industry as to um, how we'll be progressing um, those reforms. That does mean for now, um, I think industry participants need to be really mindful of the policy options that are currently on the table for the access SCR uh, and make sure that they are following um, the policy development over the next six months or so, so they can be in the best possible position to understand um, the, the, the likely minded to decision um, and changes that we might put in place um, as we develop those proposals. I think to reiterate, once we're in a position to um, start to um, have more detailed conversations with industry following our internal review and, um, and reflection, um, we will we, we, we plan to sort of go to revert to the very open process that we previously had um, with the access uh, SCR. 
um, meaning that we, we, we do hope to, um, to to sort of revert to challenge groups and and, and um, charting futures forum once we have a little bit more clarity about um, our strategic direction on um, enabling flexibility. That's brilliant. Thank you, Andrew. So you mentioned a couple of um, a couple of things people need to keep their eyes out for in terms of policy reforms moving forward. Um, but I suppose a question that many in industry will have is when can they next expect to hear a little bit more on the access and forward looking charges SCR? And if people had any questions, how they would be able to get in touch? Sure. Well, um, so I think Andrew's covered that, um, you know, we, next, we expect to sort of publish our updated uh, view on the way forward one, once we've completed our work on flexibility, which will be around uh, about when we're publishing our, forward work, our final forward work programme, which we expect to do in March. Uh, so that's the key key milestone to, to look out for. In, in the meantime, if people have uh, questions, uh, they can contact us directly at futurecharginganaccess at offgem.gov.uk. Uh, and also, obviously, we um, will continue to use the Charging Futures channel to, to contact people. So if you need to, sign up to that mailing list. That's brilliant. Thank you, John. So I think that brings us to an end for today's content. Um, so for today's uh, podcast. So in summary, um, there's been a, a good update there from both John and Andrew, and I'd like to thank them for their time to uh, to give us an update on the access and forward-looking charges SCR. Um, there is a, um, a quite quite a lot of information on access and forward-looking charges on the Charging Futures website and the SCR, and you'll also be able to keep up to date with other reforms which have been ongoing in recent times. So we'll be able to see how the Second Balance and Services Charges Task Force concluded, um, and there's also a chance to stream last week's sessions uh, from our Charging Futures Forum. So if you head over to www.chargingfutures.com, all of this information and resources are there for you to um, have a look at and at your own um, at your own leisure, really. And if you have any questions on charging futures, uh, um, you can email us at chargingfutures at nationalgrideso.com. Um, so just to conclude, um, there's been quite a lot going on on charging futures this year. We've had uh, numerous meetings and forums uh, keeping everyone up to date despite COVID. Um, we've been able to stream all of these um, and record them um, and put them on the website. But there's been a lot of work going to, to charging futures. So we'd like to thank everyone for their um, input to charging futures over the uh, over the last year and we look forward to tackling some of the uh, charging reforms which uh, will be coming up in 2021 so once again thanks to john and thanks to andrew for partaking in this podcast and we will see you in the new year thank you very much <laughs>